this is LaFronda Stum, and I'm the Coco Cinephile Critic, and my name is LaFronda Stum, and I will be talking about Oscar predictions for Best Picture. I have ten, and, uh, and also if you want to contribute to my podcast, courtesy of Anchor FM, um, you can go to PayPal. It's Coco Cinephile Critic. You can just, it's not separated the words. You can just write Coco Cinephile Critic. Uh, no spaces or anything. Uh, it's C O C O A C I N E P H I L E C R I T I C. And uh, I'm gonna. I wanted to do Cash App, but I heard from a YouTuber that they steal your money. They log into your account and take all your money. So stay away from Cash App. I barely used it. Um, but um, yes, uh, I'm, I'm trying to get maybe Patreon and to sign up with them again. But that's later on. Uh, so now I'm going to focus just for, I'm going to do two podcasts today. And the first one is about best picture predictions. And one of those films debuted on Netflix today. And I will do a review of that uh, probably on Tuesday. But um, The Trial of Chicago 7. And uh, I'm going to talk about my number one pick who's going to win Best Picture. And that is Mank by director David Fincher, who did so many great films. He did Fight Club, which it took a long time for me to see. It is, well, I won't say why, uh, but it's a great film about uh, mental illness. The Game and uh, Seven. Gone Girl. Well, this was last film. He hasn't done a, a film in in six years, uh, and that film, Gone Girl, was excellent. And the girl with the dragon tattoo. I mean, he has a great list of films. Benjamin Button. There was another film that he did. Not the greatest fan of that film. I think it's the only film I didn't like from David Fincher. But uh, I'm going to talk about the the premise of Mank. It's an upcoming biographical film about screenwriter Herman J. Mankiewicz and his battles with director Orson Welles over his screenplay credit for Citizen Kane that came out in 1941. The film, as I said, is directed by David Fincher, and this is information I got from Wikipedia. Based on a script written by his father, Jack, and is produced by Sean Chaffin, Douglas Urbanski, and Eric Roth, the film stars Gary Oldman in a title role, playing Herman J. Mankiewicz, alongside Amanda Siegfried, Lily Collins, Arliss Howard, Tom Pelfrey, and uh, I think his father wrote the script in the 1990s, and he wanted to do it after the game uh, that came out with the film with Michael Douglas and Sean Penn. It never came to fruition, and Jack Fincher died in 2003. Eventually, the project was announced in July 2019, and the filming took place around Los Angeles between November 2019 and February 2020. 
Mank is scheduled to be released in a limited theatrical release on November 2020 before being streamed on Netflix on December 4th, 2020. And the film was two hours and 11 minutes. Now the pros for Mank is that um, Fincher was robbed of the best picture win uh, for a social network. Everyone felt that that film should have won best picture and they got their early momentum. And I thought King's Speech was good, but um, you know, the social network had uh, an incredible dialogue directed by, uh, written by Aaron Sorkin and uh, is a film that should have won best picture, best director. I think it did win screenplay. And uh, Jesse Eisenberg was nominated for best actor. But I think I would give it to Colin Firth for best actor. But anyway, um, and I also think it's a great comeback after a six-year absence from Fincher from films. It's a great homage to the great director Orson Welles. And a great homage to 40s cinema, uh, black and white cinema of the 1940s. Uh, a lot of older Academy members really appreciate uh, classic films from the past. And I think that's a plus. For the for the film as well. Now for the cons, the negative aspects of it, they have stiff competition from other Netflix films. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about them, and one of them, Trials Chicago Seven, will show up, and some other films that I will talk about in this podcast, and and uh, and also maybe the diversity factor. Uh, it's obviously a all-white cast and I think because of the backlash last year for only one person of color being nominated and that was in Best Actress by Cynthia Erivo and she uh, fortunately played the slate. Well I shouldn't say fortunately. She, it was a great role but then again it's another slave role and um, there's been a lot of controversy about that but I had mixed emotions about Harriet even though I enjoyed the film, I'll, I'll probably give you a review later on down the road of Harriet. And Cynthia Arrivo was worthy of a nomination. I think that she was uh, worthy, but at the same time, she played a slave. But I think the diversity uh, of the other films uh, on competition with Best Picture might circumcede uh, Mank and... Uh, but uh, we have to wait and see. Now, the number two film I'm going to discuss that's gotten a lot of buzz is No Man Land. Now, this is a film by Chloe Zhao. She did The Writer, which won Best Picture at the National Society of Film Critics. Is it, I think it was a year or two ago. And this is her second film. And she's Asian, of Asian descent. And she also wrote, edited, and co-produced. The film was based on a 2017 nonfiction book, No Man Land, Surviving America in the 21st Century by Jessica Bruder. And stars Frances McDormand as a woman who leaves her small town to travel around in the American Midwest. Now, the film premiered on September 11, 2020 at the Venice Film Festival, where it won the Golden Lion. It's also won the People's Choice Award at the Toronto International Film Festival, making it the first film ever to win the top prize at both Venice and Toronto. 
Now, it's scheduled to be released theatrically in uh, December 4th by Searchlight Pictures. And the film was acclaimed by critics with major praise drawn towards Zalo's direction and screenplay, as well as McDormand's performance. And who also stars in the film is David Sotheran, Linda May, Charlene Swanky, Bob Wells. And those last three people are her mentors. Uh, and Scratches McDormand plays the child character Fern. And David Sotheran is David. Now the film is an hour and 48 minutes, has a small budget. Four to six million dollars. Uh, I forgot to talk about the make uh, budget. Let me see. It doesn't say about the budget of make. Oh well. And uh, I think the pluses because of diversity factors. She's Asian American, and I think a lot of people maybe feel guilty of not recognizing Asian film. I know they did recognize Parasite, but there were no acting nominations. The Farewell, a film. Uh, did not get any recognition for Oscars, which is surprising and disappointing. And also, a woman hasn't been nominated for Best Director since Greta Gerwig for Lady Bird. So, and I think the film got 97% Rotten Tomatoes also. And it has an incredible amount of buzz. And some are predicting it to win Best Picture because of all those things. And but the, I think the the negative aspect of Khan is is too avant-garde for Oscar voters, where Oscar voters care for a woman playing a nomad. Now the premise of the film uh, follows Fern, a woman in her 60s who, after losing everything in the Great Recession, embarks on a journey through the American West, living as a van-dwelling modern-day nomad. And um, I think that uh, what people would care about her if she played a nomad. Going, she's basically a drifter going from city to city. And I think some people can relate to her being in a great recession after losing everything. But um, is the film uh, ambitious? Meaning, is it is that the film has a more higher purpose and just just being random, going from one city to city? Is there a greater purpose of everything? Is there a bigger picture? Uh, it's kind of a, a, a one person's self journey, and I think that the times that we're living in right now, I think that uh, with everything going on in politics and with race and the COVID nineteen. I think maybe Academy members want more loftier, more bigger, ambitious, ambitious uh, opinions uh, about social justice, about forces that uh, that make it just just a, a, a one's person's self-discovery about making the world a better place. That's how I take it. So, so it's just a, just a woman just randomly going from city to city, living as a nomad. But that's my personal opinion. But it is still high in my list because of the great critical acclaim, and it has received significant awards. So my next film is *The Five Bloods*. Now this film came out in June, June twelfth, 
Spike Lee's newest film, after the great reception that he had with Black Klansman two years ago. And uh, it's uh, co-written by Spike Lee, directed and co-produced by Spike Lee. It stars Delroy Lindo, Jonathan Majors, Clark Peter Peters, Johnny Trey Nigan, Norm Lewis, Isaac Wicklock Jr., Melanie Terry, Paul Walter Hauser, Jasper, please forgive me, Conan. It's P-A-A. It has some colons on top of its A's and O's, so please forgive me. I need to do better with the linguistics. Uh, John Renault and Chadwick Boseman is one of his last films. The film's plot follows a group of four aging Vietnam War veterans who return to the country in search of the remains of their fallen squad leader, as well as the treasure they buried while serving there. Now, the film was 2 hours and 36 minutes. Yeah, the budget was 35 to $45 million. It got 92% Rotten Tomatoes, and it was distributed by Netflix. Music by Terrence Blanchard. Let me see. Uh, and uh, I think that's it. I think uh, a lot of people, and I think Gold Derby and Awards Watch, they're not really ranking this film really high. I don't know why. They did the same thing for Black Class, and then it became a, a serious, legitimate Oscar contender. They're doing the same thing again. They just don't never learn from their mistakes, do they? But uh, I think the positives is the diversity factor for sure, and Spike Lee is due for Best Director Oscar. He missed out, I mean, because uh, also Corone did such a great job with Roma. I think Spike Lee came in second in directing, maybe even best, well, I'm not sure about best picture. I think Roma came in second for best picture. but um, And uh, I think the timely things in the film, talking about Black Lives Matter and giving money to greater causes and... Uh, that you see in the film and other aspects of how black men can come together and have a brotherhood, friendship. There's also a dynamic of the father-son relationship by Delroy Rindle and Jonathan Majors. Um, and yes, it's a it's a, a very enjoyable film. I think I'll probably during Oscar time. I'll probably do a review of the Five Bloods. And uh, I think the cons is the June release. And there's stiff competition from other Netflix films. I'm going to talk about more, but I've talked about Mank. And it's going to be another film coming up after the Five Bloods, who I think is number four for Best Picture Contentions. And that is The Trial of Chicago 7. Now, that film is on Netflix. And the film was released uh, yesterday on, yesterday, uh, no, today, I'm sorry, today. And and I think the 92% the Rotten Tomatoes and 75% Metacritic. Now, I'm going to give you the premise. The budget was $35 million. It's an historical legal film, drama film, written and directed by Aaron Sorkin that follows the Chicago 7, 
a group of anti-Vietnam War protesters charged with conspiracy and crossing state lines with the intention of inciting riots at the 1968 National Convention in Chicago. It features an ensemble cast that includes Yahya Abdul-Mateen II, Sasha Baron Cohen, Daniel Flattery, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Michael Keaton, Frank Langella, John Carroll Lynch, Eddie Redmayne, Noah Robbins, Mark Rylance, Alex Sharp, and Jeremy Strong. Now this film uh, was supposed to have gotten done in 2007 with Steven Spielberg directing, and then the writer's strike came about and a bunch of concerns forced Spielberg to drop out as director, and then he decided to direct the film himself in October 2018, and much of the cast joined the same month. Now, the filming took place in the fall of 2019 in Chicago and around New Jersey. Now, the film was planned for release of Paramount Pictures, but the distribution rights went to Netflix due to COVID-19 uh, pandemic. And also, Aaron Sorkin wanted to, this film released before the election. They didn't say this on Netflix. I, I just put that out there. And... Uh, let me see. The film is two hours and ten minutes. Uh, and uh, let me see. I think that's it. The film was released in theater September 25th, 2020. Yeah. Now, I think the positives. Oh, yeah, there is. Uh, Aaron Sorkin is one of the great writers that we have right now. Has, he's contributed so many great screenplays, The American President, and uh, The Social Network, as I said earlier, just a phenomenal job. He also was a writer, executive producer of The West Wing, starred Martin Sheen, and for a time, Rob Lowe. And, uh, and he, his first directorial film was Molly's Game with Idris Elba. Well, Jessica Chastain was a star of The Gambler, um, which I have yet to see. I'm going to watch that film. It's on Netflix. So, And the, the positives, it, you know, it's a, a terrific cast with Eddie Redmayne and Sasha Baron Cohen, Yab Abdullah, Madden II, Michael Keaton. And uh, let's see, and I think that the pedigree of Aaron Sorkin and you can guarantee that the quality of his work is superior. And there's early positive word for that film, 92%. I think Molly's Game got around 80%. So, yeah, it's a second feature. And it's a, it's a, it's a film that I can't wait to see. And I will, as I said, I will do a review, on, uh, I think, on Tuesday about the Chicago 7 and some other Netflix films that I took a while to review. But the cons, again, I'm going to say it again, a lot of stiff competition from other Netflix films. And I'm not done with Mank and The Five Bloods. There's another film coming up after number five that is also another Netflix film. It's all, another problem, I think, is a male-dominated cast like it is in Mank. Um, and there is a black man who plays Bobby Seal uh, in The Trial of Chicago 7, but um, there's no women. And like, well, I didn't say that about Mank, but uh, Mank also has 
uh, one woman, uh, Marion Davis, played by Amanda Siegfried. But you can say the same thing for the five. There are, no, there is some women characters in the Five Bloods. Uh, there were two, three that stand out. I think there's there's none in this trial of Chicago Seven, and um, of the main characters, they're all men, and maybe some people might be turned off by that. And but anyway, number five, another Netflix film. Like I said, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Now, this stars Viola Davis, who is one of our best actresses. And uh, it also stars Chadwick Boseman in his very last film. Now, the film is an upcoming drama film directed by George C. Wolf. You usually see him as a theater director of Jelly's Last Jam and other Broadway shows. Written by Ruben Santiago Hudson and produced by Todd Black, Denzel Washington, and Danny Wolf, based on a play of the same name by August Wilson. The film centers on a faithful recording session of Mother of the Blues, Ma Rainey in 1927 Chicago. It stars Viola Davis and Chadwick Boseman in his final film well prior to his death, with Coleman Domingo, Glenn Turman, Michael Potts, Taylor Page, and Dusan Brown in supporting roles. The film is scheduled to be released December 18th, uh, 2020. It doesn't say the length of the film. The music is by Branford Marsalis. And um, let me see. Now, there was a trailer release, which is going to the positives of this film. It was a great trailer with Viola Davis in, in a grand, grandiose performance. And the trailer has received well, been well, well received. I'm sorry by social media. And uh, and the diversity factor. I'm going to say that again. Great cast and Chadwick Boseman's last film will make this film even more pronounced as a potential Best Picture winner. And the cons, uh, Netflix competition. The director, George C. Wolf is a veteran theater director and not a film director. Well, it looked too stagey, but um, uh, when you see the full length of the film. And will all be about the performances or just uh, not just the film? Uh, but anyway, we have to wait and see. Number six is another a film with a predominant black cast, an all-black cast. It's called One Night in Miami. And the film is directed by Regina King. Uh, she won the Oscar for A Deal Street Could Talk. It's her directorial feature. She just won an Emmy for Watchmen. Now, uh, it's from a screenplay by Kent Powers based on the stage play of the same name. It stars Kinsley Ben-Adir, Eli Gorey, Aldous Hodge and Leslie Odom Jr., who was in Hamilton. It tells a fictionalized story of Classes Clay, Malcolm X, Jim Brown, and Sam Cooke as a group celebrate Clay's surprise title win over Sonny Liston in Miami Hotel Room in February 1964. It premiered at the Venice Film Festival September 7th, and it was the first film selected by African American women to be selected in the festival's history. 
It received overwhelmingly positive reviews, with critics saying King's direction and the performances in the writing. Now, it is scheduled to be released in a limited release on Christmas Day, December 25th, followed by a digital streaming on Prime Video Amazon on January 15, 2021. The film is an hour and 15 minutes. It is the budget was 16.9, almost $17 million. Music by Terrence Blanchard. And uh, the positives, I mean, it got great reviews from Venice. And there's a, a great word of mouth uh, involving this film. And it's great to see a, a diversity factor making a play like it was at the Emmys. African Americans did very well at the Emmys this year with being Glitter Jenna King and uh, what's her name? Zendaya? <laughs> yes, Zendaya. And many others. Maya Rudolph was another winner. Um, and Regina King is well revered in this industry. People love Regina King. She's a multiple Emmy winner, Oscar winner. Uh, she's one of our really great actresses. And uh, I think the cons, well, film like a stage play may turn off some viewers. It don't really necessarily turns me off, but for other people it might. So, and also great competition from other African uh, American dominated other films. I just mentioned Ma Rainey's Black Bottom and Defy Bloods. So there's a lot of competition for black films to be recognized in the best picture category. So. If not only for a nomination, especially a win. So, number seven is Tom Hanks' new film, News of the World. And the film is directed by Paul Greengrass. Now, Paul Greengrass uh, uh, directed United 93. I think he was nominated for Best Director for that film. Should have gotten a Best Picture nomination. And I'm going to see, look this up. Yeah, here we go. Yeah, it's an upcoming American Western drama film. It's also co-written and, and directed by Paul Greengrass, based on a 2016 novel of the same name by Paulette Giles. Now, it is scheduled to be released December 25th, 2020 by Universal Pictures. And let me see. Also, I think credited to screenplay is Luke Davies, along with Paul Greengrass. Music by James Newton Howard. Cinematography by Darius Wolski. And this doesn't talk about the running time, but this is distributed by Universal Pictures. Now, the premise is a widow's Civil War veteran agrees to deliver a girl taken by the Kiwa people years ago to her aunt and uncle. Against her will, they travel hundreds of miles and face great dangers as they search for a place that either can call home. Now, the filming started September 2nd, 2019 in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Positive, uh, well, Paul Greengrass for me has never made a bad film. He also did Captain Phillips, which was a great film, and Captain Phillips, I already said Captain Phillips, but July 22nd, that was on Netflix. Um, 
he has always consistently have high quality work. There's not one film of his that I didn't like. But um, he also did a Born Identity movies, I believe. And but this is a big if. A con of this is that is this some going to be pushed back? It's from Universal Studios. They're still planning to release this, but COVID-19 uh, it's been very problematic and they won't get a really big theatrical release. They might have to scrap that and push it back for next year. It might be, and there's another film coming up after this called Judas and the Black Messiah uh, that might have that same problem. Now, Judas and the Black Messiah had a phenomenal had a phenomenal trailer. It's a brilliant trailer. And, and um, I'll tell you the premise of it. It was untitled for a long time before they finally decided on Judas and the Black Messiah. Upcoming biographical drama about Fred Hampton and the Black Panther Party in the 1960s, directed and produced by Shaka King. The film was written by King and Will Burson, based on a story by King, Burson, and Kenny and Keith Lucas. The film stars Daniel Kaluuya as Fred Hampton and Lakeith Stanfield. Judas and the Black Messiah is scheduled to be released in the United States in 2021, but hmm, but when in 2021? Let me see. Let me look down here. Yeah, principal photography began in Cleveland, Ohio on October 21st, 2019. And on November 25th and 26th, 2019, filming took place at Ohio State Reformatory in Nansville. And production concluded on December 19th. Uh, it was not that long, about two months of filming. Originally announced as Judas was my homeboy, the film was later reported to be entitled as Judas and the Black Messiah before being described as untitled. In July 2020, the film's title was confirmed to be Judas and the Black Messiah. Hmm. They might wait till, they might wait, well, because the deadline for the Oscars this for next year is put and pushed instead of December 31st to uh, March. And into late March, so. Uh, it might get released maybe around that time, but it could be pushed back further. And so many of their black films in contention for this year, they might push it back and wait until next year. And uh, number nine on my list is The Father. And the film stars Anthony Hopkins, a great actor. We all know and love him from Silence of the Lambs, one best actor, and deservedly so. I want to say that's one of the greatest performances I ever seen on on film, and it's a it's a co-written directed by Florian Zeller based on his t 2012 play Ray Pierre, a French British co-production. As I said, it stars Anthony Hopkins, Olivia Coleman, Mark Gaddis, Imogene Poots, Rufus Sewell, and Olivia Williams, and follows an aging Welshman who must deal with his progressing memory loss. Now, the father had his world premiere at the Sundance Film Festival on January 27, 2020, and is scheduled to be released in the United States on December 18, 2020, by Sony Pictures Classics. 
in the United Kingdom on January 8, 2021 by Lionsgate. The film received acclaim from critics who lauded Hawkins and Coleman's performances and praised the depiction of dementia. Now the film uh, is going to be released uh, in December, December 18th. The film is an hour and 37 minutes. And uh, the pluses, I mean, you're dealing with a great cast. And Olivia Coleman is coming off an Oscar win for Best Actress for The Favor two years ago. And for it's been a long time s until recently that Anthony Hopkins was nominated for an Oscar. He was nominated for, uh, let me see, uh, Sounds of the Lambs, then The Remains of the Day, even though I want to switch that up and nominate for Shadowlands as opposed to the Remains of the Day. Even though I did enjoy Remains of the Day with Emma Thompson. Nixon, 1995. Uh, great Trinity performances that year with Sean Penn, Nicolas Cage, Hopkins. Real close win for me for Nicolas Cage. And um, I'm going for Best Supporting Actor, Steven Spielberg film, director film. And then a long absence until he was nominated for the two popes last year. So um, it's great to see him in the Oscar mix. I wondered if he ever was going to be considered for Oscars again, you know. And um, if he does get nominated, it will be his his sixth nomination. And um, yeah, but uh, because well, the pros is the great performances, but the con is that awards will be for the performances as opposed to the film itself. But it could get nominated because of the strength of performances. But uh, but anyway, that's where I have it at number nine. And number ten is Respect, the biography of Rupert Franklin. Now, this film has been long thought of for a long time. Let me see. Yeah. Jennifer Hudson plays uh, Rupert Franklin. Directed by Liesel Tommy from a screenplay by Tracy Scott Wilson. It stars Jennifer Hudson in leading role and Forrest Whitaker as her playing her father, Cecil Franklin. Marlon Wayans playing her ex-husband, or husband at the time, Ted White. Karen Clark Sheard. Audrey McDonald plays her mother. Mark Marone, Titus Burgess. Mary J. Blige, Tate Donovan. Now, the film is scheduled to be released in the United States on January 15, 2021. Let me see. The screenplay, like I said, Stracy Scott Wilson. Music by Chris Bowers. And the budget is $55 million. United Artists uh, is distributing Universal Pictures internationally. But I think MGM is, is distributing it uh, domestically in the United States, North America. And uh, let me see. Yeah, it was supposed to be released on Christmas Day, limited release, but because of the pandemic, uh, uh, it was it was scheduled, uh, well, actually, it was first scheduled to release August 14th, and because of the pandemic, it was pushed back to December 25th, and then to October 9th, 2020, and then to then December 25th, and now January 15th. I heard the film was also three hours long, which doesn't bother me. I don't mind three-hour films at all, um, but it might bother some people. 
And that is the con for the buzz on this film. Maybe it should be too long for some Oscar voters. In the prose, it could it was three hours. Maybe that is a great epic scale of a film, of a legendary film career, and it's a, it gets the the the, the respect of a three-hour length film because her, the length of the her life was uh, so many things happening involving her music career, the, her ups and downs from Columbia to Atlantic her tumultuous marriages to the civil rights movement that she stood for. So, and, but also another con for respect, the film is that buzz on a film is silent. They're not really talking about it. And there hasn't been any trailers. If it, the film is coming out January 21st, there needs to be a trailer coming up. There needs to be a trailer coming up really soon. And, um, and all in all, it might be pushed back even further. But um, with that budget of fifty-five million, they might want to wait until make sure later on in the year to clear the pandemic and uh, the vaccines coming and everything. Um, but anyway, that's all for my top ten of the best picture nominees. I'm going to come back in November to talk about. Uh, some, maybe some changes, or my top ten could stay the same. And uh, I think that the the list I think I have is very very strong. And uh, I, I like to see a lot, there's a lot of diversity on my list, which is very much needed in this industry. And um, I thank you for watching, oh, not watching, but listening to my podcast, and then I'm going to talk about, oh, talk about, let me see, B. Smith uh, passing and her no good ex-husband, Dan Gatsby, Cleopatra, the production, the casting of Cleopatra has garnered a lot of controversy, and some other news that I would love to share, so. Thank you, and I will be back with part two of my podcast for today.